0: Welcome to the OK Taco Show, everybody. My name is Conrad, and how are you, buddy? Today is Wednesday, October 18th, 2023, the year of our Lord, and I am back in a 1977 Airstream trailer um, that's turned into an arcade, and it is sticking out of the side of a 1933 Texaco on Route 66 in Davenport, Oklahoma. Um... And that is all of the information I can give you about the date and where I am at. So, I will move on. Um, I'm back. Everybody's back. My kids are back. My wife is back. Um, Everybody that was gone last week, uh, Thick James is back. Thick James has spent the week in Kansas as Kansas Thick James. And um, so, he's tuckered out. He's Tucker carlson out. But he went up there to spend... Uh, the week with my dad, and so, um, you know, a lot of Fox News, and that's been going on. Listen, pre I call it pre TC, pre Tucker Carlson, uh, pre TC, my dad was in on Fox News. I mean, I don't know when that documentary about Rupert Murdoch and when he was like you know, sexually harassing women to get them to look hot on Fox news or something. I don't even know. I think he was, my dad was way in on Fox news early. And so this week has been tough and we'll talk about that. But James was up there monitoring the intake of, of that, uh, throughout the week and, you know, checking in on what's going on and and hanging out with the other siblings that we have. Um, there's eight of us. So there's plenty of, um, family time that you got to, got to make time for when you go back up there so and then i'll go through our week uh my wife and my two children it was just a because it it's a long week man it was just it was good and so thank you to all of you people that care um if there are any of you left out there um but to those of you that cared and asked and um uh, or didn't ask but still cared you guys were like, hey, how was your trip? Or how was your week? People genuinely say that to us sometimes. And that is nice. Uh, my dad asked, and maybe one stranger person that I don't know that just came by to eat asked. So, you know, because most people, when you grow up, sometimes when you grow up in around the wrong people, meaning you don't know any better, you have no choice in the matter. You are a child. And you get pit. Put in a situation could be good could be bad doesn't matter not your choice again and you grow up in a certain way and whatever i grew up in a way where it seemed like if people went on vacation they got made fun of you know what i mean it was like oh do you have a nice time well we were here working well you were gone we were trying to make it happen you know so you had this huge um resentment built up or you would do this thing where you go out of town maybe it's only for a couple of days And you call somebody and like, hey, just checking in. They're like, oh, yeah, are you? Well, guess what? We called the fire department because James was trying to microwave and he forgot to take it out of the cardboard box. He just poured water in the box and it caused a fire, you know? And you're like in Kansas City. You're like three hours away. He's like, do I I need to come home or what? No, it's just night. I hope you're having a good time. And it's like conversations like that that make you never want to take a vacation. And my childhood slash young adult slash adult life has been surrounded by people, you know, that just didn't... And then you go to family functions and talk to other normal people. And they're like, yeah, we just got back from Greece. And you're like, are you freaking kidding? Like, what do you do for a living? Sell drugs and fentanyl and kill kids? How do you have Greece money? You know, I still don't know that. But anyways, a lot of resentment. So it's hard for... Uh, My family and I to get away because of that. And it's been a long time coming on this trip in particular. And a lot goes into it. So I guess we'll just dive right in. We'll get through the trip. Um, So thank you guys for being here on Facebook Live on the OK Taco Company page. Um, I think we're going to switch everything and just be the OK Taco Show, which... Who cares? If you already are here, you don't care. It won't change anything for you. Um, but as far as you telling other people about it, it's just the OK Taco Show. So like people will be like, hey, what does that one guy do in that taco shop guy? you like, OK Taco Show. Um, where do you find it? Anywhere you find podcasts. How do you support it on Patreon? OK Taco Show. Like That's how simple I want to make it. Well, what's it about? Um, it's basically about this guy... Who's kind of different, um, maybe autistic or, you know, a mixture of um, definitely something like I got a little speckle in a down syndrome in the top of his brain and it didn't all filter out. And he just walks around with it stuck in the top of his head. I don't know what it is, but you can tell people that like, I don't know, just a weird guy that sits in his trailer every week and talks to us about what's going on and how it is running a taco shop in Oklahoma and all the mistakes that he makes along the way with those involved or uh, future endeavors, surely. So, anyways, thank you. If you do share the show that way, that would be great, um, by telling people that. That's a long way. See, I made it hard again. It's easy. Okay, Taco Show. What's it about? It's just some guy. It's funny. You should listen. It happens every week. There you go. Um, so, anyways, the trip, dude. What was the trip? The trip was to Legoland. That was the big goal. Okay, that was the big vision. Um since my my son was 3 years old, 4 years old, since he started um having hand-eye capabilities, we have forced him to build creations with Lego. It's an expensive alternative to outdoor play. <laughs> Uh, outdoor creativity, but most of the places that we lived when he was that young were definitely, um, you know, he was like, well, you don't want to go outside because you'll get hit by a train because it's in our backyard, so sit in here and play Legos. And so I bought him a bunch of Legos as he grew up. My wife and I did, and we like Legos, and um, as, you know, if you have a kid that grew up at the same time my son did, and he's 11 now— you understand that you have this mixture of uh, physical toys and things that you want them to play with but it has also got to be introduced with the the video gaming and the technology aspect of the world that we live in too because that's what everybody his age is doing so like you know if there is a proverbial water cooler the water fountain when you're an 11-year-old they're talking about you can't go sit around the water fountain and not be able to talk about Fortnite. And you can be like, well, it's not good for them. And it's bad for them. And I'm like, yeah, but socially, that's what everyone's talking about. And so you want them to be in the loop on certain things. But then you also want to push things. And we always pushed Lego and the Lego video games. And so that was the dream. That was has been the dream. And we just haven't had time like everyone that always says that or didn't make time or things became more of a priority or less of a priority than going. And so it just got put off and put off and put off. And, you know, and then at a certain point you look down and the three-year-old that you said you'd take to Legoland is 11 and you go, "Uh uh-oh, I better do this soon. And so I took all my Discover points and all my American Express points and I told my wife, listen, let's use all these points we were saving for our own pleasure and let's use them on our children. And so we booked our resort in Legoland, and that's where we were this past week for two of the days. So now you get the—that's the backstory. That's why we chose it. It'd be like it's—it's—it's um, it's, it's the Lambeau Field to a to a young Packer fan from Ohio. It's the damn uh, Super Bowl. I mean, if you're a football fan, it, Legoland is a Super Bowl to Lego heads, and so destination, the Griswolds, the Griswold family truckster was loaded up and pointed towards Legoland. Now, when are you guys going? People would ask. Friends, family, folks. Uh, when are you guys going to Legoland? What, what day are you all going to leave? And we would tell them, when do you want us to go? Do you want to come with us? We'd love to have you. We don't get to go on vacations with you. Uh, that would be great. And so I threw the offer out there to my in-laws, Which is, you know, some people might be right now saying, that's a mistake. And, you know, you might be right. But what I really wanted to do was, sometimes I feel like they feel like they get the butt end of uh, their relationship, and my wife is their only child, so it's like, you try as their only son-in-law, and presumably, unless they get divorced and remarried and have other kids, presumably, I may be their only son-in-law forever. And so I tried to be nice. Well, hey, could you guys go sometime? And they told me the week that we, you know, the week of October 13th or, you know, whatever that is, they could probably get away. So we did it. I booked the trip, we scheduled it. Um, and then I, I was under the impression that they were going up until like two days before we left. Like I was like, well, well, you know, we'll switch off and drive straight there and your dad can take over. And my wife's like, my dad's not going. What the hell? It's the whole reason we planned it, you know. So that was kind of shitty, but didn't let that deter us. I, I thought, that's fine. We're going to have a great trip, and we'll see how this goes. And found out my wife had to do a concert on the Sunday, last Sunday, before we left. I think it was Sunday. And so we didn't take off. So we took off Sunday night. Uh, I went and cut grass in Kansas. Um... On Sunday afternoon, and then Sunday after we ate a delicious dinner at my dad's house, we took off we hit the road, and I drove from like six p m or somewhere around there, five thirty to about six six in the morning somewhere around there, um, and we were in like Montgomery, Alabama, oh Montgomery, Alabama. And the only thing I'd stop for up until that point was uh, fuel, which is kind of a bull. Like, by the way, not because it matters, but it does. You know, for all of you people who are thinking about installing fueling stations, getting into the fuck, getting into the fuel game. Excuse me, get into that fuel game. Are you going to get into that quick trip game or that Bucky's game? Are you going to invest? Are you going to open up a loves? Are you going to buy a 33 Texaco and turn the pumps on? Whatever you do... Here's what I don't understand. They got these massive complexes for um, semi-truck drivers to fuel up at these corridor... You know, when you're on the damn highway, you go to these mega fueling centers where there's 8,000 pumps and all these semis can go in there and, you know, get their fuel, get their drink on. And so... But the problem is they don't have diesel. At some of those things, they won't have diesel fuel on the normie side, on the, on the loser side. It's like, are you, what are you driving? Are you driving a Ford Focus? Get on the pussy side. It's like the little kid's table at the, at the gas station. If You're driving a pussy car or pussy truck. Go to the little kid's side because diesel is for big kids only. Well, here's the problem, buddy. I drive a diesel little kid's car. Unfortunately, I drive a diesel Jetta. Volkswagen made, German made diesel Jetta. That's what I drive. I said it on a damn podcast, what I drive right now. Silver, kind of. Um and it's a nice car. German engineer and everything, you know. I don't want to brag about it too much more, but anyways, I drive a I drive a diesel Jetta. I'm gonna say it as much as I have to. <laughs> So at like three in the morning and in, in some offshoot town of Alabama, uh, you know, Conrad Griswold comes pulling off of some unknown road. So I'm just following blindly. I'm I'm floating in that Jetta. I'm floating all the way south. Baby. We're heading to Florida. I'm going to Legoland. I got my Rocky Force soundtrack on going to make it through the night right now like a trash can singer. Floating, uh oh, fuel light, uh oh, pull off in this podunk town, Alabama. Eight thousand diesel pumps, eight thousand of them. But they got all these. They got. Uh, have you been to a diesel pump on a on a Alabama road? They got a keypad on them for people to like. You can still make uh, mobile calls on there. It's got the same, you know, the same keypad the Superman dialed to get the cape, and the phone booth is the same keypad on these diesel fuel centers. So I pull up to him and I'm trying to use my card and it's like, you're not a member of fricking roadway. No, I'm not. I'm trying to pay you money or, you know, use this stolen credit card to pay for fuel for this tiny car. And then once I get it to turn on, which eventually you have to walk inside and talk to the person that works the 3 a.m. shift in, um, in Hootsville, Alabama, you know, that's sitting next to 19 hour old rollers Sitting there next to tornadoes, two for three tornadoes. Like, hey man, I'm just trying to get some, like, what you need, man? What you need, man? Oh, you trying to get some fuel? Are you a roadway member? Like, <laughs> no man. I just want to put thirty dollars of diesel in that tiny roller skate out there with the sleeping people. So. And then they got the pump. And now here's what I don't understand. The pump of these damn things, you don't have to deal with this if you've never been to the diesel side of these things. But the pump, actual thing that you shove into the side of your car, is the diameter of... The nozzle's too big. It won't go in the hole. Okay, Michael Scott? It won't go in the hole. And so... You're sitting there dumping diesel fuel at 3 a.m. all over the side of a damn German Jetta, in the middle of Alabama, wondering, pondering meaning of life. Okay, why are you doing this? You must. What is what? Is, you could just just walk. Sometimes you just feel like walking away. You <laughs> know, just walk away. They'll wake up. I'll be hours. They won't know which direction. They not can't, can't get fuel either. You know, they're stuck here with a giant pump. Trying to shove it into the side of this Jetta. So anyways, I drive to Montgomery or Mobile or wherever. It's like 6 a.m. My wife's, my beautiful wife got, you know, nobody sleeps well in a car. So I didn't expect her to wake up and be like, oh, my God, I feel great. I just, babe, I feel great. No, she woke up like I thought she would I'd be like, where are we? <laughs> it's like, I'm hungry. I got to pee. <laughs> really? I thought you were going to wake up and be nice. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but she wakes up, and she's like, well, we pull over, get some more fuel, Go, everybody uses the restroom. Everybody's in a good mood, really, relatively. Even myself included, as well as I can be. Considering, you know, as anybody, who, if you've ever just forced yourself to drive all night, or forced yourself... Some of us tortured souls, you know, have made a living sometimes being up all night. So if you've done it, and you know the... Just the kind of mind trip it can throw you on to do it, it's weird, and you're you know you're tired, you're in a bad mood and you haven't slept, and so you're trying to be positive and that's the mode I knew I'd be in that mood. I told everybody when you get down there and find something to eat, I'm not going to be able to tell anybody what I want at that point. you know I'll drive forever. I get into driving mode i don't know if I guess maybe in most people most people deny that they get into these things um or some people just don't get into them, but I definitely get into modes, you know. So if I'm in driving mode, you got to kind of be like, "Hey, seriously, get out of there! I can drive." It's like, "Okay, are you sure?" So I get over. It's like I'm now. I'm going to go. All right, I guess I. And it takes me a while. I got trust, um, who's driving, and all that stuff. And then I laid down, fell asleep, got about an hour and a half, couple hours, and then we're in maybe that's when we get into Montgomery or something and it's just traffic and it's eight in the morning and everybody it's Monday morning traffic in a, in a big city down South. And Heather's like freaking out a little bit about it all. And so I was like, just pull over. And I got out, got back in and just started driving. We got out of the traffic and we headed South. And so that was the day we're supposed to just basically find a hotel um, in Florida about three hours or whatever to Legoland, because the next day we're checking in at Legoland. And so now we're we're pulling into Florida via Alabama, kinda near Panama City. Take me down to the Panama City. And I'm thinking where the grass is green, the girls are pretty. I'm like, I'm thinking that song the whole time. I'm thinking it so much, I'm hoping somebody in the car will say it. Oh, won't you please take me home? Nobody did. I don't know if it's a lack of sleep or what. But, um, anyways, we get we're near Panama City, and Heather, my beautiful wife, has been to Florida a few times as a child, and so that makes her an expert on everything that is and was and ever will be in Florida. Things are not allowed to change. I want and that's, I don't know if that's just my wife or I think everybody sometimes thinks that's like that's not the way it used to be when I was here, really. Huh, think they may have done something in the past 20 years? <laughs> oh my God, I don't remember it looking like that. Oh, really, maybe you have a different perspective as a 30, however old she is. Um, But she's like, oh, let's go to this hot spring thing. All right, we drive. It's like three hours. And here's the problem if you drive as much as we do. um, it, When the response of how far is it doesn't really affect the person asking, you know what I mean? Like, or the person saying. So many times during this trip, we would say things were m- multiple hours away, and we would just shrug, like, that ain't that bad, and just get in and go in our little family truckster. So we head to this hot springs. We go to this hot springs, and uh, it's fine. I'm freaking out at this point. You know, I I've committed at some point I've committed myself um, to running every day and I haven't missed a day in years now. And so it's like, I got to pull over. And so we get to this thing. It's like, I'll run here. It's this national park. It's beautiful. We go look at the manatee Springs and there's no manatees and it's like 60 degree water. I, I don't know how it's supposed to be. The it, People are talking about crocodiles in there. There's, there's a couple of foreign people, which is, It's fine, you know, but, you know, I got the Middle East on my mind. I'm, I'm, I'm not, you don't go, come on, you don't go see something, say something just because you saw people that, you know, aren't from America or whatever. But I'm saying you keep your, are you keeping your antennas on? Oh, yeah. You know, you're in heightened alert at that point because you've been driving, you've been up for two days, you're in a... In a state filled with fentanyl and drug addicts. And, um, you know, you got to be aware. You got the whole freaking Israel thing going on. It's like, shit, I got to be aware. So, I ran and I, I made myself aware of the campgrounds at this Manatee Springs area. A um, couple things I learned about Manatee Springs. One, okay, my wife... I got it. I don't know how to. I don't know if it's just her. I it might be, and that's okay because a lot of the things are, you know, that ab- about me. <laughs> Apparently, are just with me. <laughs> Apparently, not everybody feels that way, um, or acts that way. So, you know, you take the good and the bad and there you have it. But um, she doesn't, we're in Florida, we're in the wetlands, we're in a natural, if there was, if God, which he did, when God drew where he wanted alligators to live, he drew where we parked, okay? And there's, there's literal alligator bait. Prancing around, there's like bambies, there's like eight thousand bambies running around. All these hippies that alligators could eat are riding around on big wheeled bicycles. I mean, the place. If I was an alligator, this Manatee Springs would be perfect. You go eat the fish. If you don't want the fish, all the dumb travelers that stick their toes in, nibble on them, you know. And then you got the deer and everything else. And so I tell my wife, "Well, Park, I'll go run on that trail." And then, um, you know, I'll, I'll run for about forty-five, fifty minutes, and then we'll get out of here, and we'll we'll head towards Legoland, which is in Winter Park, Florida. I don't know where that is in Florida. It's 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 south of Orlando. I know that, so I guess, um, or Tampa, or I don't know. Anyways, I'm running down this trail, and it's covered in, um, I guess miniature. Freaking like yucca plant, like palm trees, tiny palm trees, bush, palm bushes. It's covered in fallen palm bush debris. And as I'm running the trail, crunching on this stuff, I'm thinking to myself, if I was a freaking boa constrictor, damn alligator, damn, you know, any of these predators of the marsh, which which is the name of my book, Predators of the Marsh, if I was one of them little pecker heads, I would be, this would be perfect. And so as I'm running... Like I have the thought of like I know my children are following me. So I run the whole trail and then I run back and I think to myself, I'm glad, but then I know they're gonna walk it. And it's like I trampled it, but I can't with I just can't sit here and run this trail back and forth. It's like I'm bait, so you guys are welcome to walk through it. And my wife fearlessly as always, she did this to me when we were in Missouri in a very famous Missouri trip. I took my that's the last trip we went on as a family to these cabins. My daughter was probably, she's an infant, you know, a a baby, and my son was however old that makes him, four. And so, you know, when we were there, we went on this, and there's black bears in Missouri apparently, and there was all these signs up saying, beware of black bears, you know, like, make sure you talk to the office about what you should do in case you encounter a bear, things like that. And I'm telling my wife, I was like, I don't know if we should be walking here without like a horn or spray or a gun or something and she's like oh there's no they just have to put it there like she treats wild animal signs as some people like a yield sign like people treat yield signs in suburbs you know when they have their feet on the dash and they fly through them all texting at 45 miles an hour that's how my wife treats alligators in the area signs do not feed alligators you know and then she'll tell me, she's like, well, I've I've known people who lived in Florida their whole life. They've never seen an alligator. No, you don't. You know two people that both tell you they have. And it's like she don't get it. But which is fine, except for that's how people get eaten by freaking alligators. You know? So, anyways, I did my run and no nobody got eaten that we know of. And got in, took off. See, but this is the part. I'm she doesn't get that I at that point, I'm fine energetically because I've, you know, got whatever that does with running and the endorphins or whatever. I'm back. I'm like, okay, just find me a place to eat or a place to stay. We find this place to stay. We take this route, which apparently there was a traffic light building contest in Florida where multiple teams of traffic light builders decided they would build all their traffic lights on the same strip of ground we, in about a 20-mile area, you know? So it's like, at this point, I haven't eaten. I've been up for two days. <clears throat> We're in the middle of Florida. I have no idea where I'm at. Headed to a Ramada Inn. And probably, at this point, everything in my mind's like, it's probably some gang-infested area. Okay. Near a Kmart. All right. So, you know, you're just, you're freaking out. I'm like, I just got to get something to eat. Can you find? And Florida is built. Their highway system is not like anything I've ever seen. They cut into these beautiful trees to build these highways in the middle of their pecker state. And they plaster these trees against the corridor. So you can't see anything but trees. And then all these towns are just signs. It's like a town, a sign that's like Tampa next Right. And you're like, really? I thought Tampa was built of a team. Tampa's next right. And then you drive and you like look, peek through this little window of tree canopy opening and you see like a Kohl's and a Home Depot and all this and a whole city that just barrels on and on towards the distance of just multiple Kohl's, multiple Applebee's, multiple Chili's, multiple CVS's, multiple Publix that just goes on and on and on. And they are like, holy crap, I could have eaten anywhere. But I didn't see it until the moment I drove by because it's not like, you know, the Midwest. When you live in the Midwest, you can see a Cracker Barrel sign from a lot of people think that's how Oklahoma started was when Cracker Barrel got here. People from other states could see the sign and they drove their wagons to a Cracker Barrel and then took the land from the people who inhabited it originally and then, you know, built more Cracker Barrels. So, that's called a Cracker Barrel theory. Um, anyways, you don't see anything. And so, my wife's like, I'll, I'll, you know, we could pull over there. There's a Burger King. It's like, I don't want that. You want some nuts? No, because now you're at the point of, you're just mad and angry for no reason. You're hangry. You're at that Snickers commercial point. And I'm driving through all these stoplights, and we finally get it. And just we just get there. We just get to where we're going. And it's perfect, though. It's like... 20 minutes or half hour or so from Legoland. Um, there's a Mexican restaurant right next door. So perfect. Makes you feel like you're back at home. And we go in there and drink a gigantic, you know, head-sized margarita. And eat some fajitas. And then go back and, and crash the armada. Get up. Take my run. It's off to Legoland. And I, I gotta say, like, there's nothing... Okay, we drive straight to Legoland. It was fine. There was no. I'm trying to think if there's any problems. Oh, one one thing I m- forgot to mention. Little bit of an issue. At some point, because probably because of the lack of food and lack of sleep. As I'm driving from the marina to the Ramada, I'm like thinking in my head, like, wait a minute. Had I driven, I'd kind of done the math of when we were supposed to arrive, and that your phone tells you when you're supposed to arrive. Our original destination, we were supposed to get there at like 4 o'clock, which is this, uh, that's Legoland. And so I'm thinking like 3.30, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Because of this marina stop, we're looking at like 9 p.m. that we're getting to the day of Marotta. and And the marina was on this, apparently this peninsula called Florida... You can drive through Florida and never see the ocean. And my wife thought it would be funny to do that to my children and I. Us, land sharks. Us, people who are from, you know, the wheat. The ocean of wheat. She doesn't... My kids have never even seen the ocean. And so we go to this marina, which is just a lagoon, basically. And it's beautiful. And, you know, creatures come from it, whatever. Alligators. But... As I'm driving like an hour and a half away from there on our way to the Ramada, I'm like, babe, we were like 10 minutes from the ocean. She's like, yeah? Like, are are we not going to be able to see the ocean today? And she's like, well, no, we'll see it Friday. This is Monday. What? Friday? You know, how could you not take us to the ocean? Maybe we won't even make it to Friday. Because again, the Israel thing and stuff. So... Anyways, that was a minor freak out, but it's fine, and I'll tell you why. So, what happened is, um, it's Legoland day. We go to Legoland, we check in. Um, the guy that owns Legoland checked us in, and there was nobody there when you checked in. It was like a ghost town, and I'm thinking, uh-oh, but, you know, whatever. But we got our room, and I'm thinking, man, maybe, and we go to the park, check, we go to an actual theme park, it's got a theme park to it, and... Wander around there. It's all, you know, um, it's the same gimmick as every other theme park where, you know, a white claw is like $12 if you're going to get a drink, or um, you you go get a fountain drink and they're $8. So you buy the cup that's $20 that's refillable, but they got all these freaking Coke freestyle machines, but none of them. It's a scam. It's a bullshit, you know. But as far as the ride, there was nobody there. Now, if this place was packed and you had to wait in line, I would give Legoland a huge, big thumbs down. But because no one was there, the rides were fine. I wouldn't say that there's anything that drops your butthole out or anything, but um, there's a couple ones that were scary. And then they had this one where I'm assuming that this is what... Universal Studios has where you go indoors, there's air conditioning in the in the building, and you sit at this uh like a six-person seat and it turns you around and you're in this you're hovering above this big old dome. And then through a series of um like air that they blow on you and smells they blow on you and uh textures they blow on you, and then the visual and the shaking you feel like you're on a damn roller coaster or whatever the interactive game is that you're on, but you're just, like, hovering in midair on this seat. And I thought that was a very creative, because there's no end. You could just program a new roller coaster into it. I mean, theoretically. So it's actually a genius. I never really understood how those worked. You'd see the photos of the goofball family you know it's the same family that would get robbed in all those commercials about like um home security systems um like simply safe commercials or whatever um well that wasn't that's new it was an old one agt like an agt commercial where the person would pull the mask down and break in the window and that family would like of do gooders would be like oh my god is the turkey done Somebody's... No, it's somebody stealing our jewelry we keep below our TV. (laughs) Um, and anyways, you'd see these Universal commercials, Orlando commercials, about white people riding on floating couches in this 3D glass world. And I was always, as a kid, growing up, watching Nickelodeon, like, how the hell does that work? You know? (laughs) Like, I mean, I get it. You go there, but, like, then you just sit inside? How's that a roller coaster? Um... But I get it now. Uh can't say it was, like, frightening or anything, but it was fun. And so we get through the whole day. Beautiful day. Uh, weather was great. And we rode all the rides and skipped, you know, there was no lines. And so aside from just the news of the world coming in, uh, the whole day was great, and so we get through that day, we we eat at Legoland, they have uh, two restaurants, and one is like, a uh, make reservations and it's, they were all fine, it's all family style, and it was good though, I will say that and the, the breakfast is the same way, but it was all good the next day we did a Water Park World at Legoland they have also a water park, so it was that was interesting because it had been a long time since I had seen a wave pool. Um, if you're from the Wichita area, there used to be a place called, like, Wet and Wild Theme Park or something. What the hell was that place called? I forget what it was called. Wipeout, maybe? And they would play the Beach Boys. <laughs> Wipeout! And then this wave pool would, you know, I don't even know how those things work. I'm sure magic... They would start spinning around or whatever and it cause these big waves. And I remember, I think only twice, I remember going, but I got dropped off with my friend Danny and James. Um, and we were probably 12 or 13. So like old enough to smoke and drink. And so, but anyways, we went into that wave pool and we found in the filter, like, 200 and something dollars that had floated in cash because this was in the 90s and people used cash. Um, so We found like $200 floating in there. We took it to security because we were raised by good parents um, or at least one and <laughs> we took it to security and we dropped it off and they, they did end up calling back and we actually got that money back. But uh, Wipeout or whatever that place was called did have to get shut down because I think somebody drowned in the wave pool. I think it happened actually pretty frequently, and there was lifeguards there. And they do only run it for like 15 minutes. And even my wife, again, another time, she's, uh, you know, it's like I wonder why they shut off the waves. It's like because people drown in here. I mean, you can't see anything. All you see is waves, guys. You guys, oh, nobody ever drowns. Nobody ever gets eaten by alligators. Nope. So, um we did that, and they had those big-ass slides. You know, the decapitators and the, <laughs> all the other clever names they give them. They had those big slides. Me, as somebody who has not ever been... There was a time when I was a fearless swimmer, but never a strong swimmer. And then there was a time when that fear when I was reminded of what I should be what I should be afraid of when it comes to water, and because of that time, it has caused me um, a lot of anxiety when it comes to swimming. And anything, res- I've never been a fan of heights. So we're looking up at these slides. There's a four-pack, that's what I'll call it, of these slides that got the decapitator, the uh, eliminator, the resurrector, and the... You know, I forget what the other one's called. Um, But we take the trek, dude. We go up all my, my, both my children. Rowan at first is like me. Like, I don't want to. And then we get up there. It's like, screw it. I'll do the blue one. And um, we did it as a family. And I did two of them. But the one that I didn't want to do, the most scary one, that's got the humps in it where you feel like when you look at it, you think, well, holy shit. If I slide off that, I'm just going to fly off into the air. You know, and freaking break my legs. And people are all, that's another thing. you are like, well, that can't happen. They wouldn't build it. It's like, it has happened. You know, it's like, well, that's if you make a mistake sliding. It's like, well, that's possible being how I've never done it. I know I could totally flip out and float. You know, as long as you keep your arms to your chest and hold your neck down, whatever you do, don't open your jaw. Like what? You might rip your mouth off. So keep your nostrils open and your ear holes open. So, um, we did them though. We slid down them, and it was fine. Nobody, at least there, got hurt or anything that I saw. So, that's it. We did Lego. That's Legoland. Um, they had all the. They had. It was really cool in the sense if you want a non bullshit parent thing. There was enough interactivity between exhibits or rides or things for kids to play with Lego. And the pools at the actual resort have these um, it was awesome. This is the coolest part of this day. They have these bricks that Jonah's been talking about. And I thought he was full of shit. So did Heather. They have these Lego bricks that are foam that you can actually build like your own Lego raft out of and float around their pool. And you know presumably if you wanted to you could probably get drunk and do it. But Kids weren't drinking that night, and uh, so we we laid off as well, and Jonah and Rowan... Heather was trying to teach me how to swim or float, and Jonah and Rowan were building this uh, raft, and at some point, like, I had started helping, because it's kind of what you want to do. I'm there to spend time with my kids, and I like playing with the crap probably more than they do, and I'm, but I'm trying, and at a certain point, like, okay, I've done it. I built, like... This is a great raft. I think that you're gonna like it. And he's like, "That's not enough. You know, I got to go bigger." Which it's like, well, this is as far as I'm gonna help you. You know, at a certain point, it's like you've you've walked thirty-nine thousand steps through a theme park and rode uh, every ride and glitter ride and unicorn magic ride, and you've done it all. You've done all the stuff. You've built the rafts. You've swam twice that day you know okay how about you guys build it so jonah somehow enlists the help of a, a few other wall builders in the pool um strangers stranger kids and they build a, an ark they build jonah's ark and it takes a covey of children to launch this thing and it gets a huge applause so that's probably the highlight was the uh building of the ark at the lego pool i'm sure it will be talked about for many years to come. And so that was fun. And uh, the next day we took off. So where the family aspect of this trip was is that my is that Heather's uncle, her mom's brother, lives down there in Florida in a town, I think, called St. Pete. But I'm not totally sure. Um, and so that was the next destination. And this is where I thought we were meeting up with my in-laws. And this was going to be like the second half of the trip, like a family vacay. Well, come to find out, not only are the in-laws not coming, but also um, Heather's uncle and aunt, whatever, um, were like, yeah, we aren't able to have company until a certain day. That's the day we were showing up. Well, I was thinking that that's because they took off work. No, they just weren't, I guess, able to have company the other two days of the week, which is fine, but they weren't taking off work. So they were both working, and so we get to their town, and we got a few hours to kill, and we, Heather Googles, like, crap to do, and we go look at the ocean or the... I don't even know which side we're on. Maybe we're in the Gulf, but then there was... Um, she found this thing, like, a mermaid. We go to this place. It's got all these damn... uh Egyptian goddesses like naked which is pretty cool but not real they're not real people they're statues of naked people and they're hanging up all over the damn place and it's like this gigantic water park nobody's there but it's also a state park or some I don't I don't understand how Florida works again it's drug riddled and and by the way it sucks uh I should this you know if you want a dinger on Florida, I give it a big, ah, Ron DeSantis is wrong. Don't vote for that guy. If you, <laughs> He hasn't fixed Florida. Okay? He hasn't fixed Florida. But we go to this mermaid show, and it was all, we got there. They do, like, one show a day. We just showed up at the time of showtime, randomly, go over there, and these girls are in this spring, like, this hot spring that's not hot at all, the natural spring. Um, and they do this whole freaking mermaid show that's, like, written in 1974. And, like, hi there, folks. Good to have ya. Well, you know, us mermaids, we've been flipping out since you've been gone. But that's okay. We've had a couple special guests. Boom, boom. One made us Jailhouse Rock, you know. Elvis come and visited them, and they had this, like, hats off. They're still doing it. Like, the mermaids didn't. They're still young, and they're still hiring mermaids. It's still a show. It still holds up, to be quite honest with you, but you're sitting on bleachers watching an underground, not a peep show, an underground mermaid show. It's Just odd. It was just a damn odd thing to do. I'd say that. So They got done flipping around, and we walked over, and there's a swimming area. We went swimming. Went to the aunt and uncles. They're like, we got to work tomorrow. Okay. We ordered pizza. You guys want pizza? It's like, yeah, that's fine. And it is. And it was really thoughtful and it was really good pizza. But, you know, like, could have asked. You know, we did have pizza for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But it's fine, you know. I, and honestly, if somebody would have asked, I probably would have said, just get a pizza. It's fine. So sometimes that happens. It's just like think you should but anyways um that was it we hung out i you know we had a couple um margaritas or something sitting out in the they have a pool at their house in florida and so we stayed the night there and then in the morning they got up and went to work and we got up and took off and we headed up i'd never that was it you know we're talking about like thursday like, well, on the way back, let's go to... We ended up driving all the way to Savannah, Georgia, so we could see the ocean and see Savannah, Georgia. And um, once we got there, there's a place called Tybee Island. And we went out on Tybee Island and found a little hotel for that night. And it was pretty crazy because... All of the whole trip felt odd in the sense of You know, you get to the island, I'm gonna we went and looked at the ocean and we went and looked at all that, and then the kids are gonna go play on the ocean with mom and I took off running. I ran on the ocean like um then at some point I felt guilty. It's like I should probably do this barefoot. Not because it's better for you, but because it's like when else in my life will I ever run on beachside be able to literally be able to run beachside through the sand shoeless and so i shoeless joe jackson i took him off and i made it about probably about 15 minutes and just felt the bottom of my feet cut up you know like little razors and apparently it's the seashells is what's doing it and so they cut the crap out of my feet i had another 40 minutes of beach running left and so I paid my dues on that one and put my shoes back on and we just had a great night. We went to this um place where they were serv Heather ordered just a barrel of seafood, which was hilarious and I'm glad she did because we were right there on the coast and it was one of those places where they tell you that if you catch it that day, they'll they'll cook it for you and crap, so seemed fresh um And it's all touristy and shit like that, but it was fun. And there was a guy singing, and then there was a drunk um, interracial couple in front of me. And I'm pretty sure that the man was running for mayor. Because that's another thing that happens. You go to different communities, and this Tybee Island is its own community of, um, I'd probably say... You know how when you hear about life insurance your whole life, but you've never met anybody that ever made any money off of somebody dying. You know what I mean? Like you never be like, well, uh, "Hey, where's Brad at?" Like, "Oh, Brad and Tammy." Yeah, Brad and Tammy. What what happened to them? Oh, remember Tammy's mom died. Apparently, she left him seventeen million dollars. You know, none of that never happens. It happens in the life insurance commercials. I'm going to leave my family five hundred thousand. And then you meet people who's like, hey, man, I, I heard your dad died. Sorry about that. And they're like, yeah, too bad. They like, well, he's pretty good with money. Like, do you have life insurance? No, none. Well, he had some, but it covered the funeral. Like, but didn't he have, he wasn't, there was no funeral. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's almost like people get the money. They don't say anything or I don't know. But anyways, I'll tell you what some people do. They buy places on Tybee Island and they vote. Because what, what's going on on Tybee Island is this. People who get life insurance money live there, and they do lawn work on their own lawns, and they put out voting signs about who they're voting for. And one of the candidates is named Van Johnson, and I'm pretty sure he was getting drunk um, on Tybee Island two nights ago with um, a prostitute, guys. And I don't mean to cause... What do I call it? Harm? Um, you throw out allegations, it's an allegation. I'll leave it at that. All I know is as somebody who's never been to Georgia, who shows up randomly on a, on a Friday or a Saturday afternoon, Friday I don't remember, Friday afternoon, runs around your beaches barefoot, cuts his feet up, and then walks painfully... To a seafood barrel dispensary, where he witnesses what appears to be mayoral candidate Van Johnson with looks to be a woman of the night. Now the next morning, when I took off on my run, did I let my information bother me? Like. I didn't kick over a bunch of Van Johnson signs when I'm running. I didn't throw a bunch of mud on Van Johnson signs because he's obviously fornicating with the woman of the night. I don't care about politics that much, and I don't know what his stance is on anything, including Israel, so I can't make a decision. So, um, anyways, that was a trip. So I ran, I saw them, we had a great time. Everything was great. Again, I don't know how it happens, like... It is, you have to have training. I mean, it's all practice. My kids have had so much practice coming to and from Kansas over the past three or four years that, and and up to Kansas City. I mean, they've just been travelers, even if it's on the same road. They've gotten used to making their own little worlds in the back of whatever car we put them in. And so the fact that, like, you know, we can look at a, map and be like, "Well, how far is Savannah from home?" It's only 15 hours, and all of us collectively will just be like, "Yeah, that ain't bad. It's only 15?" Oh. All right. Well, let's go. And we just go. Um you would think that that and 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 everything works out just just fine. Um I guess the biggest thing for a lot of people is that we stopped at Bucky's as one of our stops on the way back, and that conglomerate of of uh, Shannon was the first one that ever took me to one, and it, I just, (sighs) the fact that a convenience store can basically be a theme park is hilarious and insulting, and it makes you just kind of sick to your stomach, but um, anyways, it's fine, and we ate there. It, 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 I guess it served its purpose in that way. Here's the crappy thing. You can't... I think a lot of people would support a lot more, like, small places if those small places were in in a way, like, featured in the area. There's no way to know what exists there. You know what I'm saying? So it's like when you drive by, if every... Um, road marking on any corridor is is littered with the same five fast food places Chick-fil-A McDonald's, Burger King you know who they are Subway I mean you see the same logos on every exit sign from one coast to the other and it's like how do you expect anybody to give your other local place a chance unless they almost specifically go out to find it, you know, or if their trip is designed for that exact purpose. And so I tried to do a very good job of that throughout the, at least um, supporting whether, you know, we ate at a place called the iron, not the iron chic. It was some the sandwich chic or something in Georgia. We We had a few different, local places that we all, we did like a breakfast place in that Tybee Island we went to. And it's just hard. I get why it's, you can't go to Bucky's and buy a Bucky's shirt and sit in a Bucky's lawn chair and drink your Bucky's cooler. And then simultaneously be like irritated. If the, the restaurant in your town closes down. You know what I mean? Like, don't you get that those things are linked? And the harder part is that don't you get that the people that run the big ones, the run they run it all because they make the rules. And once you make the rules to the game that you're in, your rules prohibit other people from playing that game, you know? And so they've boxed all these people out. Then they control the market. And then they also control the buying power. And so then they can price you out and then the convenience of it, and the price is just too unbeatable. And, by the way, we're so addicted to uh, preservatives that the flavor of their food, it's like, this is great. Everything tastes like Kraft macaroni, even the sandwiches. Yeah, that's because it's made of chemicals, guy. And you like them, huh? You're going to do fine. Um. So anyways, we went to Bucky's. It was fine. I mean, it's just weird. It's so weird when you show up in different... It's, it is different if you're somebody that goes out for a walk and goes out for a run. Whatever you do to try to explore places because you almost get to kind of get in a rhythm of the energy of the place you're at. And so it's odd because... You know you're not going to be there the next day, and you know you're only there for that day. And so it's weird. It's like, I wonder what the universe is going to let me see on my little 50-minute jog here. Oh, I get to see this this guy mowing his yard, and he's got his shirt tucked into his shorts. But they're khaki shorts, and his shirt is tucked in, and he's got a flat-top haircut. This looks like a former military man, and his yard is very well kept, and his flowers are very much—everything about this guy's house is in order— Especially in comparison to the other houses around him, and I get to witness him doing this, and I'm never gonna see him again. You know what I mean? I think about shit like that, that's probably stupid so anyways that that's the trip we got back um so thanks for letting us go and if you didn't know we were gone, then no thanks to you at all uh if you like the show, great, thank you that's cool. that's cool um here's a way you can support it. You go to Patreon and find it, OK Taco Show, or just OK Taco Company dot com. We're working on that. Um, our friends at D and D Creations are making new merch. There's a merch store that they um, make our T-shirts. And so, if you want a T-shirt from the OK Taco Company, you know the Route sixty-six on it and all that stuff. Uh, check out the merch store. All that crap. I don't care. Um, I do. I do. I do. I would love it. I would. It'd be great. If I, tomorrow I wake up and Deidre, or well, I always say is Deidre. It's not. It's D&D. But I always forget her name. Debra. She calls me. She's like, Conrad, we sold one million shirts last night. I would say, well, that's one less thing. You know what I mean? Forrest Gumpet. But does it really change anything? No. Everybody knows that there's two things I want to do. Everybody knows one of them. Buy a yacht to Yacht Life. Build a pond. I guess I'll do it here. I don't even know if I'm accepted at Random Dude Ranch anymore. The plan was to build a yacht at Random Dude Ranch. Put a yacht out on the pond so we can fire frickin' golf balls at all the neighbors and the oncomers as people run the taco shop. Um... So if I had a million t-shirts sold, which you guys can help me with, all everybody listening has to do is tell one million people. And then we should be fine. The other thing I'd probably do is, dude, we would just have, it'd just be a frickin', you know, I'm building a collective of others here. You know, I got my friend Damien, and now I got Patrick, which is Jonah's buddy. And, you know, you get these people and my Lauren, you get all these guys. I got guys a freaking costume party going on over here because we sold a million t-shirts. Ooh, get action sticks out, start doing action stick LARPing. Oh, baby. Okay, now you're talking. So, if you want to support, I do care in that sense. We would do more fun stuff. The more t-shirts or subscriptions we sell, the more fun stuff we do for everyone. And then every once in a while... I sneak away to go spy on people in Georgia, and that's the deal we make. And then I live on a yacht. Okay? Very simple. Um, Thank you, guys. So thank you. That's all. Um, Yeah, you know what to do with. There's a lot of really bad stuff happening in the world. Everyone knows that. That's not why you come here. I don't, you know, if I ever wanted to do a show called Things I Think About in the Real World, uh, you know, that's what it would be called. All right? but. Um, yeah, so just uh, be nice to everybody. Everybody just be nice. The golden rule. You get it. So, with that being said, uh, don't let your meat loaf. Have an okay day, and we'll see you next week.